everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Frog Flakes. My name is Michelle Carter. And I'm Richard Edgman. And back this week is our good friend... Andrew Van Houston. Hi, guys. Glad to be back. So, Richard, why don't you start us off with your Tales from the Trade? Okay, so I have a kind of recent story, but it looks like Fox and Disney's merger is moving closer to getting finished. Uh, Fox has moved their movie release schedule as to not have any conflicts with Disney movies, specifically the ninth Star Wars. They've kind of pushed stuff back kind of in the summer, not competing for Christmas. There's also an announcement from Bob Iger and kind of Disney overall that when Fox does come over, they're not going to lose any studio heads. All the executives will keep their position, make sure that they stay, and every all the Fox um, companies will be an umbrella underneath Disney, kind of like how Marvel works, kind of their animation studios. So what do y'all think about it? I mean, Disney's like will now basically own all of every movie released. <laughs> yeah. So Disney honestly owns everything. At this yeah. point you look at everything and it has like that like two degree point thing, you know how everything is like two degrees apart. Basically everything is two degree apart from <laughs> Disney at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's not like surprising or anything, and I'm curious to see where Disney is going to go in the future, but I do think it's smart to keep all of the heads together just to not, like, ruffle any feathers and get people upset or anything. And I'm excited to also hear that they're kind of planning out their schedule so there's no, like, major conflicts going on, too, especially with the Star Wars. And, you know, legally you can't officially, you can't, like, talk and make sure that's scheduled out, but, you know, know, they know the release schedules. They can... The writing's on the wall. It's kind of they understand where to go and how to make the move and transition seamless. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know now we can maybe get that X-Men crossover into the Marvel Universe that we've all been waiting for. Is I that mean, the X-Force? That's, uh, Is that what you're talking about? No, no, no. So like X-Men, all those Deadpool movies, mm-hmm. Fox owns them. So you could, they can never be in the Marvel. Um, but even, you know, but traditionally those comic books are in the same universe. Right, right. So I, I don't know. Will we see the crossover? <laughs> <sighs> I've I've been in so many classes where you just talk about the crossover, gonna, the crossover, and I think it could be a really hot mess. But then I thought Avengers: Infinity War was going to be a really hot mess, and That's look fair. at how it did. So it could go well, but it's not anything I'm particularly looking forward to. I'm just going to kind of be subtle, play it by ear, see where it goes, and then once things start picking up, then I'll be like. Let's see. Ooh, how it, maybe this is interesting. Or ooh, I'm gonna. Let's see how it actually plays out. Yeah, let, let's see how it plays out first. Because I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, when they do the reboot for the for the Marvel universe, that suddenly the X Men come in there. Yeah. Right. Like once wow. it's all over. Look, we. That's the thing about <laughs> comics. You can just remake them forever. Oh, they're never going. Yeah. Away. Oh, never going away. How many Batman's have we had? Like, you know, we have now. There's four Joker movies being planned. Mm-hmm. All that stuff, but. I'm I'm the whole Joker thing is so confusing to me. And when with the whole Suicide Squad two, it's a lot going on. They could have just made one, hold off on the other ones. I don't know. Well, but now we have James Gunn's been announced to write and direct yes. the second Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. So maybe they won't come back in and have another editor because in the first movie, the first director got his cut and the editor had to work, and then afterwards mm-hmm. they had a trailer house come in and re-edit the entire movie. That's right. So maybe this time, though, maybe more singular thought. You know, they may. <laughs> that's what we're hoping. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> singular thought. DC. DC's not the most known for their track record. Yeah, DC's um, not a good track record I mean, right now. Wonder Woman two seems okay. Wonder Woman is going to be really good, and I'll just go ahead. I was going to bring up the whole uh, Suicide Squad two and James Gunn, and that's going to be an interesting 
take because Guardians has done well. Now you have someone from the Marvel universe who has been in the heads of like what is going on, has been involved in Avengers Infinity War, has been involved with Guardians of the Galaxy, and now he's going to DC. And we're going to see how he does with Suicide Squad 2. So correct me if I'm wrong. He's writing it right now with the hopes to direct it. From what I understood, it looks like, I don't know if it's made 100% official, but it is strong evidence that he's directing. Yes. Like, I, I understand if DC is a little, they may want him to direct, but they're they're wanting to see if the PR backlash yeah. happens. So they just kind of floated the idea. But I mean, I would have him direct, especially because the first movie wanted that kind of humorous style. I think at this point, James Gunn working on Suicide Squad 2 would be a very smart move. Because, like yeah. you said, the humor, and he just knows how superheroes and supervillains work. Yeah. And that's something that you should definitely take full advantage of, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, he understands a bunch of people who aren't the best trying to do a good thing. Yeah. Which sounds like <laughs> Suicide Squad to a T. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I also don't think there's any hope of him directing the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Oh, absolutely He's not. making the shift over to DC. It's yeah. kind of a done deal. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe Dave Bautista will just go with his Suicide <laughs> Squad. Dave too. Bautista has the croc. Ooh. <laughs> there you go. DC, you heard it here first? Yeah, you heard it here first from Frog Flicks. Episode six. Copyright Richard. There you go. Um, so moving on a little bit on the Disney, you know, topic. Uh, last week it was confirmed that Ryan Coogler is set to write and direct Black Panther 2. So that's going to be, I think I read that it had a 2020 start date. Um, what do you guys think about that? I really like him in charge of this project, and I think him, if if they would have passed it on to somebody else, it might not have had the same like tone that he gave the first one. So what do you guys think? As far as Disney's concerned, I don't see why you wouldn't. Right. Right? Like, mm-hmm. how, how big that movie came out, how it was, like, there wasn't really expectations as far as they were, like, the company was concerned. That's true. You know, I mean, now there's even talks of, like, Oscar nominations for both music and kind of the public campaign of, you know, (laughs) I know when the popular movie idea came out, Black Panther was, like, the go-to answer for that. It was going to be Black Panther. For that two weeks, yeah. (laughs) It's all anybody can talk about. (laughs) But, I don't know, I'm excited. Like, I'd like to see what happens. Um, It's kind of weird, though. I feel like everyone's now drifting off into, like, Spider-Man movies or the third Guardians of the Galaxy, Mm -hmm. Black Panther 2. And we're not really talking about the Avengers anymore. It's yeah. kind of it, that held out for a long time, but it seems we're back to the solo adventures. Yeah, yeah once we're getting to the end of this like phase of Avengers, it's going to be a very different vibe. Especially since um, Chris Evans recently tweeted out his goodbye, yeah. and he was like, "I'm going to say goodbye to Captain America," and then Twitter just blew up mm-hmm. because they were all upset. <laughs> that Chris Evans is leaving and we all knew it was going to happen. We all knew it was coming. Uh, So it's just going to be a different audience kind of, for example, when we watched Disney Channel as kids. Now, like, looking back at Disney Channel, it's not the same. Is it going to be... I understand what you're saying. Is it going to be like that with Marvel the older we get? And we're going to look back at these movies and we're going to be like, oh, this is what people watch nowadays. Or is it going to be different? I think Marvel has a bigger audience which I respect, and I think we'll still continue to love it as we grow up, but I think it's going to have a different vibe than mm-hmm. what we have seen the past few years in particular. I, I agree with that, and I think, you know, Iron Man, the first Iron Man came out 10 years ago, you know, 20, uh, 2008, and so I feel like everything that's been 
since Iron Man has been so different. Like just recent, very recently, um, over fall break, I watched Ant Man and the Wasp, and it was, it already felt different. And then thanks to Ant Man and the Wasp, I understood Avengers: Infinity War, mm-hmm. and that I don't want to spoil anything, but that whole like end sequence, yeah, where he's kind of stuck in this quantum realm and everybody else has turned into dust. I was like. What? So I feel if I I understand finally Avengers Infinity War and I feel like it's going to go into a new place. Like what you're saying, like this whole evolution is kind of evident and the the tone is kind of different and I think everything is I feel like everything is shifting. I think the the movies are getting better and but I want to see what what comes next, you know. There's with the whole Captain is it Captain Marvel? Cap- Captain Brie Marvel. Larson? Yes. I think that's going to add a new a new face and a new fresh tone and a new, you know, a whole new aspect of this. Is it, is it is this now like the fourth chapter of the MCU? I think we're still in MCU? phase three. I'm, oh, yeah. I we're still in phase three. Okay. And then after mm. this new Avengers is going to be the next Spider-Man, the next Guardians of the Galaxy, the next Black Panther. Who knows? Maybe a Captain Marvel sequel if this first yeah. one does. Would this be like the beginning of the end, do you think? Um... It's never going to end. Yeah. yeah. It's never going to end, if I'm being honest. Well, I think Kevin Feige has said around the second, at the end of the second Avengers, he's going to start to hand it off. Okay. Because, I mean, that's, if you know comic books, that's kind of where this storyline ends. He's kind of following the Thanos kind of trades, uh, this kind of big arcing storyline that happened a couple decades ago. And I feel like for him as a comic book nerd, once he says, once he has that out, he's done his duty. Yeah. And he can let someone else handle it. Like, have a different artist, different voice. I I agree. Good for him. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting, you know, he just came in with the Iron Man movies and now he just kind of made something he loved. He made something he wanted and just kind of pass it on and see where it's going to go. I mean, you can't stick with one thing forever. And there's so many talented people who will definitely possibly even take the role of Captain America, take, like... As we get older and we see other people start to rise. Yeah. We all, you know, you have internal characters, too. You yeah. have Bucky do it. Bucky. Falcon, yeah. it, like, he's done it in the comic books. It wouldn't be ridiculous. Yeah. So I, we just need to pull more from that source, those stories that even people might not have known. Because, again, Marvel is such a wide audience now that mm-hmm. they're, I imagine more people haven't read the comics than have oh, yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. So you can always tell new stories there. That's true. Um, what do you guys think the new Avengers title is going to be? Because that's got that's got to come out soon. Because we have our we have Avengers um, Infinity War Part Two, and I just thought I'd bring this up since uh, we kind of already talked about the James Gunn thing. I was going to bring up earlier. What do you think the new title is going to be? I think it's going to have something to do with death, like the persona. If you know anything about Thanos, so he kind of actually loves death. He's in love <laughs> with a literal god, mm-hmm. and he's trying to court her. He's trying to like. If I kill half the people, I've done enough things that you will love me. I think it'll have something to do with that. Even if it's not a literal character, I think Feige can't help but bring it in. Yeah. Okay. And a few weeks ago, the Russo brothers, who were the directors, um, they tweeted out a... It's just a... It was a picture from the set. Yeah. But then Twitter blew up because they were trying to figure out <laughs> if the... The ladder in the picture was like an A in disguise, and then there was like a door that was open that some people like mistook for an E. It looked like an E. And so some people were saying that it was going to be Avengers Eternity. Oh, I've heard so. Okay, so that's, I've heard, not, that's actually the best one I've heard. That's, yeah. so like, that's well, not heard, a bad I've one. I've heard Avengers Endgame, and that just mm-hmm. doesn't. I've heard Avengers Extinction, which okay. could be possible because that's why they're not releasing a title yet because they don't want spoilers. So that kind of might. 
makes sense. Um, I've heard Avengers Annihilation, and that just kind of bothers me. So I'm really hoping. And then someone, someone the other day told me Avengers Forever. But that's like Wakanda Forever, so they can't really do they that. They can't do that. They can't do yeah. that. So I don't, I don't know. I'm really curious. I don't know. Yeah. I, I Eternity don't. sounds... Eternity sounds... And Extinction sounds interesting, but it reveals too much, I think. So maybe but, that's why they're waiting. But that would have been the first movie. Well, that's it, true. Like, that like, is true. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, eventually, it was going to be called Infinity War Part 1 and Infinity War Part 2. That was their original. But, right. I mean, like, you're not gonna, but you're not going to have Extinction as your second movie where yeah. you fix everything. So let's move on to Buzz, y'all. Um, okay. I've got a lot to talk about. Do you guys mind if I go first? Absolutely. Okay, cool. So finally I've been going to the movies because recently I'm just not going to the movies. And here's Richard <laughs> and Michelle talking about all these great movies they haven't seen. <laughs> so I'm really excited. So we'll start with Bad Times at the El Royale. Okay. That came out last Saw it too. Uh, great movie, I thought. A mm-hmm. Good ensemble of a cast. Yeah. Uh, and it had characters. I don't want to spoil much, but I had characters I loved and characters I hated. <laughs> Rose. (laughs) But overall, I thought it was a really good combination. The only person, the only cast member I couldn't take too seriously was Chris Hemsworth. I completely agree. You cannot take him seriously. You can't. It's like, I understand for the character you want someone with star power, but it's too literal. Like, I almost would have preferred someone who either could look like a normal person or, like, is an unknown actor that's kind Mm -hmm. of in the L.A. area, because I feel like that would make that character far more intimidating. Yes. If I didn't know who he was, and boom, he just appears. Yeah, and we made it a little more dramatic, suspenseful. Like, when you see Chris Hemsworth with a gun, and then Chris Hemsworth just dancing all over the place. all of the open shirt. (laughs) Yeah, all those open shirt shots where he's, like, dancing all over the place. You just cannot take his character seriously, which is frustrating, Mm -hmm. because I think that character had way more potential. Yes, yes. In particular. And some of the other characters, John Hamm's character, I wish had a little more. Uh, Jeff Bridges, I really liked his character. Yeah. Uh, as the priest. Um, and Cynthia Erbo, I liked her character too. Yeah. Um, but overall, I enjoyed the movie. It was fun. Yeah. I feel like the, the plot's a little weak. Like, okay, yeah. I just don't, it's not like the appeal. It, it, it moves along. It keeps me interested enough. But I'm not like writing home about it. Mm-hmm. For me, it's almost a technical side. A lot of the visuals, like it doesn't shy away from dark. Yes, it, like it's it's totally okay with being like, all right, you see the silhouette of John Hamm, have fun. Yeah, like, but the sound is just amazing. Sound. There are like so many times when you feel like you can actually imagine the sound source, like the radio or the like coming through is you know upstairs and it's echoing down the hallway, mm-hmm. and you have you know. You've probably seen it in the trailer when he's looking into the rooms. Mm. Yeah, that sound looks great as you know he leaves one of the booths on yeah. and he moves away. And exactly, get, I love oh, that. That was like one of my favorite parts yes, of the movie. Yes, and I wish it was more of that. Like it's, mm. and I don't know, uh, Michelle, you haven't seen it, but I'd love to know if, if you would go see it. What your opinion was is kind of a not technical person because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like for us we're looking we look at it as it's being created. Yes, absolutely. And, I would see it. I mean, I I do like big ensembles, and and I like the trailer is mysterious enough to get me hooked into considering it. Um, But I just wanted to ask you guys, I had read an article that said that uh, the director, Drew Goddard, and a bunch of the major cast members had taken pay cuts to help the creative control of the film. 
because apparently, um, I think it was 20th Century Fox who had told Goddard that um, if they could keep their budget low, then he would get all of the creative control he wanted. What do you guys think? Does that, like, show through in the film? I would say, yeah. I would. Well, I would say... You can. It feels like one artist making a movie kind of consistently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's decisions that I could see an executive being like, an audience isn't going to follow that. Yeah. And which is why it's more of like a filmmaker's film, right? I, mm-hmm. I see it definitely being in a, taught in a classroom in like 10 years mm-hmm. because it has the strong aspects you could pull from and you could talk about and discuss. But I don't know how a normal, like a person who saw a Marvel movie. I don't see why you would go see yeah. it. Right, right. And I'd say the box office would agree with me. Yeah. But yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a cult classic in a couple of years. I don't know if I'd say cult classic, but I would say it's one of those movies that I could also see watching in a film class if I was a TCU film student. In, mm-hmm. like Cinematography. That. Yeah. Or, or, cinemato- mm-hmm. cinem- for, sound design. I think sound in particular. Like yeah. You were talking about the sound. The music in that first shot in the beginning, that's a really good use of sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a really fun film. Production design does a really good job. Cinematography is a yeah. really good shot. I think it was shot, I don't know what it was shot at, but apparently it was a really cool lens that, like, I think more wide in particular. Yeah, it, it, there was a special name for it. I'm sorry, I can't remember. but uh, It does kind of have an off look to it. Yes, it does have an off and look. You can almost, it does, there's not a lot of pans. It's They're very kind of steady. Yeah. And it makes I sense. Love that. You couldn't with that kind of weird lens. It wouldn't make sense to have a lot of motion mm-hmm. and just you don't want like fisheye weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm gonna move on to the other thing I buzz. So kind of going from wide shots, I saw a movie with a lot of more close-ups, and I loved it. And it's called *The Star Is Born*. You probably heard me raving about it for the next what, past <laughs> couple of weeks. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And have you guys seen it yet? Yes, I saw it. You've seen it. You haven't. You haven't seen I it. I don't. I uh, I have so many mixed feelings, but I haven't seen it yet. No. I will say, this movie isn't for everyone. Okay. Absolutely yes, not. I've okay. Heard. And I, I personally appreciated how it was structured, but I know people who didn't. Yeah. And people. For example, I like the editing at the end, but I know people didn't like the editing at the end. People mm-hmm. thought the ending was rushed, and I was like, no, this is a good way to end it. I also cried a few times, I will admit. Um, I think it's okay. I think, I think, it's, it's, I think, I think it's okay. I think this one's okay. There's just a lot. You have a lot of interesting feelings going on. And I there's things a lot of people can relate to. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a very intimate film. Yeah. Like, there isn't a like. It's not about stardom. It's really about just this relationship of these two very powerful people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's okay to cry. Like, yeah. I think because because you're, you're so close to them. Yeah. It feels super personal. And mm-hmm. I mean, you're there for like two and a half hours. And it's just, uh it's By the end, long? you're like, oh, yeah. It's a, maybe a little less. It is, it it's is, close. It's, At least like, it's, it's like two, over two, two, yeah. 15 minutes. I think I would say like 250. Wow. But I will say that one of the reasons why I got motion was the chemistry yes. between Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, who both did a really good job. This was definitely one of Bradley Cooper's better films. Lady Gaga has done not too much acting, and I know that she said she would love to keep doing it if she works with people like Bradley Cooper, who also directed the film. Yeah. Uh, I could see both of them getting nominated for an Oscar. I don't know if either of them would win. I could see Shallow winning best song. Yes. Mm-hmm. Really good song mm-hmm. that I enjoyed it. But just the emotion itself and the reason why I think people like it and people wouldn't like it is because of 
how much emotion it portrays and just a lot of relatability. Yeah, it is. So. I think I think for some people it is too close to real. I do think it's that's, I, that's I, why yeah. it's not for everyone. Yeah. It, it could be a little too close to but real. I think you and I both agree that we like when a movie starts to match reality. Oh, and, yes. And it's like almost more... It's heightened documentary yeah. style, and I, oh. I really like that. I also oh, really cool. appreciate how the movie didn't have, like, it had a lack of musical score. You have to really, because you have you have people singing. You have Lady Gaga singing many great songs. But when she's not singing and when she's acting, you have to realize it's, like, silent the whole time. Yeah, it's more like just kind of um, ambient sound. Oh, and yeah. Whatever, it's, an env- it's environmental yes. rather than, like, music. And Here's, I, yeah. yeah, I'm with you on that, too. Let's the music part stand out. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, that's that life. This is real life when we're going yes. here. Like I'm, um, yeah. I, Rich, I Richard's agree. got Richard's no, got. No, I'm with you. I'm with Richard's you. I'm with it. you. He knows what I mean. <laughs> he gets me. <laughs> uh, so I would really recommend it, uh, but just be cautious if you go into theaters. Just know it does touch on a lot of subjects that you might not expect it to. If you watch the previews, if you're someone who watches the yeah. trailer or preview, but I would really recommend it. And it has a lot of close-ups and a lot of interesting shots in particular. Yeah. I think cinematography was the one thing I personally like would be like eh, about it, but I still gave it a really good review on Letterboxd because I appreciated how much people can relate to it. Yeah. I, I like I kinda like the cinematography. I like that it is so close because okay. the, the, I think it matches the story. I think so too. I get that like on an artistic point you could be like this is a little overbearing. Exactly. Uh, but you know I think it, it adds to it rather than takes away. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would also recommend it. Okay. I'll, I'll give it a second thought. I mean, I'm not a fan of Bradley Cooper or Lady Gaga. Okay. So I'm. that's what my feel, my mixed feelings are coming from. And I, ugh, I just don't, I don't like her music. And so, like, listening to her sing for two and a half hours is not my, you know, idea of a good time. <laughs> but it, I think it's not, <laughs> it has to do with more of the plot. I know, it really does. Yeah. Any, any kind of movie like this focuses way more on the plot mm-hmm. than the singing. So I wouldn't not go because of that, but I also can see why because sometimes you're just... I will say I felt Lady Gaga sing more than Bradley Cooper, Mm -hmm. and I kind of wish Bradley Cooper maybe had a little more time to sing as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So you're siding with Barbara? I might, yeah. (laughs) Siding with Barbara. She's a classic. Can't go wrong. Um, So for my buzz, I watched First Man. Damien Chazelle's, you know, new movie with Ryan Gosling as Neil Armstrong. And it was really good. Okay. I, look, it's a two and a half hour film. It's, it can be kind of slow, but the whole, there's so many things that work with this movie. And the acting, I mean, Ryan Gosling is something else. Like he, he, he's He's going to get nominated for Best Actor for sure. I don't know if he's going to win, but it's one of those roles that is completely different to everything he's done. He plays a Neil Armstrong who's very humble, and but, but yet he's very taciturn, and he's very cold, and he's very serious. And so he's, there's no emotion. And what Chazelle does in this movie is that they, there's a lot of shots of all of these characters in silence, because it's all very introspective and very contemplative. And so they're showing everybody being just just thinking and just being inward. And so there's not a lot of emotional connection. There's a lot of there's a lack of emotional connection because, you know, uh, Claire Foy plays his wife, Janet, and she's, you know, 
super warm and 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 friendly and she's nice to all the other astronaut wives and stuff and she makes she makes a point to be the strong person for the family and so she doesn't get that emotion from him and that works really well um and what you were talking about sound in royale it's the same thing in first man like the sound effects and the ambient sound work so well and the score isn't overwhelming but they play a lot with the sound, like silence and music and ambient sound. And so obviously, you know, you go up in space and in space, there's it's a vacuum. And so there's a there's just dead silence for a, a couple bits. And it works so well. It works so well. Uh, the only thing I would say is that you can tell that this isn't a film that Damien Chazelle wrote. Okay. Um, Josh Singer wrote the screenplay, and he's uh, he won the Oscar for Spotlight. Yep. He was nominated for The Post. It's a good script. There was a little bit of... I would have added a little bit of more di- dialogue from other characters, because um, there are some points where, like, the ambient sound might not be enough, and you could, you know, you could just add a few words here. But Chazelle works... I think he works better when the material is all his own creation. And this is the first time he's working with, a, he's only directing and not writing and producing as well. I mean, he probably did produce, but he didn't write this one at all. And so, like, the movie gave me 90% of what I was looking for. And I think that other 10% is just because he didn't write it. Gotcha. But it was really good. I've, I've heard that um, this is when you want to see it in IMAX. Would you agree? Yes, I agree. I regret not having seen it at IMAX. Okay. And I think, but I did watch it in a pretty big theater anyway, and I did, I can see how the IMAX would just add so much more to it. Because a lot of the shots, you know, it, adding to the introspective part, a lot of the shots are completely from his point of view. And so, like, Chazelle takes us in, like, he's like, the camera is the first person, and he takes us into the capsule, and he's looking around. You can see how cramped everything is. In, in the launch scenes, in the space shuttle launch scenes, you don't see what's happening on the outside. You just see it from his perspective. And then the sound in IMAX, it would just add so much more to it. So I would okay. definitely recommend seeing it in, in theaters for sure, not on a small screen at all. Nice. Yeah. One complaint I've heard is that, like, um, Gosling seems a little, you say cold, but I've mm-hmm. almost heard like mean or kind of a, an asshole a little bit. Oh, like, no. Yeah, like he it comes off too, like, too uncaring. Yeah, he's sort of, I can see that because he's like aggressively into his work. Mm-hmm. And he's just, he. there's very few scenes where you see him smile. And be friendly. And so I, I can see that, but I see more of him being like a traditional man's man from the 50s who fought in the Korean War and then he became an astronaut. So let's go to the moon. Like he's so, so focused on his work that there's no time for anything else. I've been thinking about Chazelle has a lot of, I think for his characters, you have to, they're like turned up to 11. Right, oh, they're yeah. like whatever personality they kind of have. He just amps it up to the nth degree. Yeah, and I feel like that's another case here, especially because he didn't write it; he couldn't control it. Mm-hmm. So he takes that same dialogue and adds his kind of own part, his directorial style. Yes, and it could be a little overkill for some audience members. Yes, I yeah, think. I can see that for sure. So I probably, if you felt felt that way in Whiplash, if you didn't like J.K. <laughs> Sim- yeah, like if J.K. Simmons was too much, I, I'd imagine he's too. You know, Ryan Gosling's a little too much here. <laughs> Is J.K. Sim- J.K. Simmons not in first? Man? Is he? No, no, he was the professor, the the drum instructor. Yeah. I know, but I was curious okay. if he was also. That would have oh, been no, great. No, 
<laughs> that would have been honest. And him him <laughs> as a guy in NASA. Like, <laughs> I mean, he Ooh, could fit, you know, being serious. Yeah. Um, but J.K. Simmons is actually my favorite part of Whiplash, and so I don't feel like he was too much. Yeah. And then um, then at the same time, then Ryan Gosling wasn't too much as well. Too much yeah, as well. So, yeah, so. But I also, I also um, with Whiplash, you know how, like, everything is super intentional and all these, you know, the, the blood coming out of his hands and how he sets up his drum set and this all this sweat. It's like the same grit that you see in Whiplash in First Man. Gotcha. This mm-hmm. same, like, everything matters because everything's, everything's smaller than what we're doing here doesn't matter. It's not important. Okay. And so nice. it's, it's worth it. I, I liked it a lot. All right, so shifting from movies that came out last week, mm-hmm. let's go to talk about movies that are releasing this weekend. All right. So first up, Halloween season. Hey. Halloween remakes coming out. Hey. Uh, it's written, it was written and directed by David Gordon Green and also written by his friend, Danny McBride, you know, Eastbound and Down and yep. comedian. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, so it's interesting to see that. It's kind of a straight remake that gets rid of all the movies except for the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis returns as Laurie Strode. Uh, and this time Michael's coming back from the trailers. It seems like it's kind of the same movie. You know, you have some of the same kind of bus scenes and the trailers are very similar. So a good horror movie for everyone went in spooky time. Mm -hmm. But in case you're not into horror movies, there's some great (laughs) indie movies coming out this weekend. That is true. Yeah. So getting a limited release this weekend and a wider release next weekend is mid-90s, directed Mm -hmm. by Jonah Hill. Mm -hmm. This kind of skateboarding movie We've seen the, you know, I've talked about the trailer yes. with the fisheye lens and all. Like, it looks like an MTV skate video. I know. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so excited, too. <laughs> but um, it's not coming to us here in Fort Worth until next weekend. Gotcha. Um, but also coming out is a little different from that as well, is the Sisters Brothers, starring Joaquin Phoenix okay. and John C. Riley. Mm-hmm. Kind of a Western movie. They're assassins or bounty hunters hunting down uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, who was a minor. And kind of more of a drama, kind of very True Grit true esque mm-hmm. kind of movie. And then lastly, if neither one of those, and you want to go back to an older <laughs> classic, Robert Redford's last movie, The Old Man of the Gun, comes oh, out. Yes. Yeah. Um, starring Casey Affleck, Danny Glover, also Tom Waits, mm-hmm. Sissy Spacek. Sissy Spacek, mm-hmm. if you've seen the trailer. Um, and this was actually shot in Fort Worth, too. There was a yes. lot, there's a lot of scenes in Fort Worth and a lot of scenes in Waco, yeah, too. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of, like, a, a less colorful um, Wes Anderson film. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's <laughs> absolutely. A, lot of, a lot of shots, and so the Texas kind of shooting also kind of stands out. Yes. I, yeah. You, you, <laughs> Andrew gets it. Andrew gets the West, the West Anderson vibe. <laughs> absolutely. Wes Anderson beats Texas. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. And, yeah, that's pretty much – there's a couple other really smaller releases, more foreign films. Okay. If that's what you're into, you can always check them out on, like, Variety or Hollywood Reporter and see if they're in your area, even Art House Cinema. But just crazy amounts of movies coming out I'm this week. I'm so excited. I know. Every movie coming out. We're going to have a really good season, y'all. Yeah. And I'm yeah. so excited that we get to take on this journey as we explore many more movies to come. Mm-hmm. Right? Awesome. And I think that's all we have time for. Uh, be sure to follow us at Frog Flicks and our reviews on TCU 360. Awesome. You guys have a wonderful weekend and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.